all. Welcome to our podcast, Lighthouse. This is our second episode. We are here with PJ and Ivy Smalldreed, and we're going to talk about how to find peace in a busy world. So let's get started. So first question, PJ and Ivy, what was one of the most life-changing events in your life and why? Well, we we got to think about it a lot last night when you first reached out. And the first disclaimer I want to make is the biggest life changes that I've had come from a lot of small, seemingly meaningless decisions that we make over time. So there's a lot of small decisions I've made that in the moment don't change a lot, but because I make a lot of small decisions over a long period of time, that has impacted me the most. But to directly answer the question, one of the most life-changing events for me was when I first moved to Boston. Um, that was a, uh, I guess we call it an event. I had, I had decided that my actions I was going to make were going to be more in line with my faith. I decided to prioritize my faith over everything else. Um, and that first event was a, um, a Catholic, uh, Catholic, um, outing that I went to in Boston, mm-hmm. a lot of really good friends, um, uh, lifelong friends out of that because I decided mm-hmm. to try and make, um, and it, it prioritize fun stuff at, at bars or uh, even rock climbing trips, which is what I used to do. Um, I decided to prioritize my faith and bump everything else down the list. So that was the, one of the bigger life-changing events for me. And that's how eventually how I ended up meeting Ivy was through Boston. Uh-huh. How were you after you? Maryland, right? Correct. Yeah, after Maryland. Yeah. Okay. I met the Kilmers and I was like, oh man, I gotta leave. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. I need out. So, um, I mean, if you hadn't left, you wouldn't have met Ivy. It's you're right. true. You're right. Um, so that's well, basically, Julie, you should say you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so I was about 25. Yeah, I think you were, tw- you were 25. When, when I had made that decision. So okay. for everyone who is under 25, there's, a, there's always hope. And after. <laughs> after <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah. And that's 24. Yeah. One more year. No pressure. Plenty of time. Just, you know, 360 days. Yeah. So my, you know, I liked what Peter was saying about um, there being a lot of small yeses. You know, how it's not just one big life event, because even even last night I was thinking, well, what's the one thing that has been so life changing? And there's so many things that have have been. But I think like if I think back to the first moment where I was like, wow, this decision that I made was really life changing. Um, It was back in college. If we're going to go with the age thing, I was 21 at the time. Um, and I kind of, I had this really great summer before my senior year of of college. Um, I did a lot where I was, um, I ran the orientation program at my college and I ran this, um, mission trip to Nicaragua for community health. Um, I did this leadership camp, basically this leadership training Institute, uh, for the sorority that I was in. And I had all of these 
really wonderful, positive experiences that happened. Um, and that was also the summer that I was studying for my MCATs because at the time I was going to school for biology, hoping to go to medical school. It's, it's not an answer in itself. You know, it's still me trying to figure out exactly what that is today. Um, but I've still found a lot of joy in it and a lot of peace knowing that I made the right decision. Um, and really my whole life has, has come from, from that one decision. That's when I decided I wanted to go to grad school and study something other than uh, medicine, study public health and try to think about healthcare in, in the big, big picture. Um, and then I, I too started getting involved in um, the young adult Catholic group in Boston, um, and then met Peter that way. And then here we are four years later, married with 2.5 beautiful kids in the way. Uh, yeah, a little, little, little four month cooker happening right now. So, uh, yeah, so I think like that was that was the quote unquote biggest life event. Yeah, that's cool. That's I really cool. like what you were saying about the, it's the small things, because I feel like a lot of the time, we tend to be like waiting for that one big thing to happen mm-hmm. for it to like change your life. But it's just really like being present in, in everything that happens and, and learning from that. I really like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like running a marathon. And if you want to get to the finish line it requires you to take one step at a time. And the first step of a marathon doesn't, isn't that far. Like you still have a long way to go, but if you don't, run the race in the right direction and take the first step, you're never going to reach the finish line, whatever it is. So life is very long uh, and it requires a lot of tiny, tiny yeses and Mm -hmm. good decisions that a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you look back and you say that was a good decision. But when you just live for the moment, you live for the instant gratification, you're going to look back five years from now and say, Oh, that was dumb. It it felt good in the moment, but I'm now paying the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like for me, like there's like some decisions I make, and in the moment they seem super small, and then you're like, wow, if I didn't do that, I'd be like a completely different person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even where like you're gonna go to college, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to a small Catholic. Mm-hmm private school up in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania and then two years later you're like oh wow I'm glad I made that decision Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's what you were saying about being present in the moment um you know I think what's what's interesting is we live we live life in the present and yet God is in our past he's in our present he's in our future he sees everything happening and it you know I, I if you think you think of yourself on a line on a continuum where do you live your life? Are you constantly reliving the memories of your childhood and your high school days? And Oh, I remember when we did so-and-so and, or are you constantly thinking about the future? Oh, I just can't wait for this class to be over. I just can't wait for a vacation to happen because I'm going to see my friends. I'm going to go to Florida for a week. You know, I just can't wait for uh, coronavirus to be over. I just can't wait to graduate. And are you, are you constantly thinking about the future? Um, and, you know, where we should be living is the present. It's the, the present moment. It's living day to day, trying to ask yourself, where is God calling me to be in this moment? And it's hard to do, right? Because you don't just want to like, it's not YOLO, right? It's not you only live once. <laughs> oh, um, I might die tomorrow. So I, I have to do whatever I want today. No, it's being intentional each day. 
but it's really trying to, to find yourself in the present moment. So seeing each mm. moment for what it is um, and finding the peace and the joy in the present moment. Yeah, I really like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's hard when you're like not enjoying that moment. Like mm. if it's like a long day at work or something, it's hard to not be like just like counting down on the clock. Um, yeah. But that's one thing that I try to keep in mind if it's like a long shift or something. I'm like, well, if I have to be here for a long time, like might as well make the most of it. Yeah. And that's the best attitude. That's great. Yeah. And you can just about guarantee that every good decision requires a lot or not. It requires some pain mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. If it feels really good immediately. It's likely not a good decision. Mm-hmm. You have to, good point. you have to invest a little bit of something to get the reward. And so if you want, you know, if you want your career to take off, you got to be putting in a lot of work and a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uncomfortable hours and a lot of uncomfortable conversations. Um, and if you want a relationship to work, you have to spend a lot of time, uh, about somebody else and you have to put in a lot of investments at the forefront and you receive the benefits mm-hmm. later they rarely come that hour or that day mm-hmm. yeah when you're always waiting for like the big thing then you're always going to be missing the the small things along the way when you're just waiting for that one big thing to happen yeah yeah um and ivy back on what you were saying before with like not looking at the past mm-hmm. um what's like one thing you would recommend if you're someone that always looks at your past mistakes mm. and you kind of like can't really get away from that and then you're like how can I be good if I just like keep looking at all the bad things I did before that's a great question, great question. <laughs> that's really a great question I guess when I was thinking about it I was I was more so thinking about the good times you know constantly reminiscing mm-hmm. the happy things that happen in in your life but you know what you just said Julie it's that totally makes sense that you could also be spending all your time dwelling in the negative mistakes or why didn't I go to this other college? It would have been so much better. Um, and that's also not where God wants us to live either. So I think finding, um, finding peace in the decisions you make and really trying not to regret them. Uh, but knowing that, you know, the decisions you make are hopefully what ones that you've prayed about um, and discerned. And even though the outcome might look different than what it was in what you thought it would be, it's still good, you know, because you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think at least with, with thinking about the past, it's trying to figure out, well, where are there still wounds that are from there? Is it, did you wrong someone? Did you hurt someone? And does there need to be some forgiveness that you, um, you need to give to someone or maybe it's, maybe it's yourself. Maybe you really need to forgive yourself. And I think that's something that you can take to prayer. You can take to confession um, and really ask God to help lift that that burden from your heart. I mean, I think the advice I would give is just to constantly, you know, ask our Lord to help you with it and not know that you're not alone. So if you're if you're finding yourself like just really dreading this one thing that you did and you can't get over it, you know, ask ask for forgiveness, um, either from the person that you wronged or or from God, um, and then really allow yourself to to be free of it um, and to look you know, to live in the, in the present moment and look toward the future. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Cause I feel like that's something that's like really hard for me. Cause I'm, I'm like, well, I want to be good. I want to be better, but mm-hmm. 
then I just like keep looking at myself in the past. And I mean, everyone has their mistakes, but mm-hmm. it's really easy to just dwell on them. And the then cheeks. you go to like distractions, I guess, to keep yourself from thinking of those past mistakes, mm-hmm. which doesn't make it any better. Yeah, if you if you spend enough time with the the person or people you admire most, they're gonna tell you a story that rocks your world in, in terms of mistakes. Like a lot of the the best people you'll you'll meet are the ones who have made the stupidest mistakes in their past. And uh, it's the the question you asked is really good because it also speaks to me. Like I made I made selfish decisions in college. And I paid the price afterwards, and I dwelled on it for for years, a long time. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it, it, at some point I decided my past is my the decisions I made mm. were only part of my past. They're not part of my future. My future is the decisions I'm going to make right now. Mm-hmm. If I if I want to if I want the same results as my past, then I'm going to make the same decisions I made before. Mm-hmm. But when you don't want that you make new decisions and create a new future that you can be proud of and the past is nothing more than that it's not identity it's just Mm -hmm. simply the past how did you kind of start like when you finally made that decision to like stop regretting your past and moving forward like what was like the turning point or like how did you start I, so I think for me, it was, um, it was, you know, what did I learn from that mistake? So if it was a really, so in my instance, it was a bad relationship that I was in and, um, just thinking about, you know, like why did I get myself into that relationship? It wasn't, you know, who I wanted to be with. It wasn't anything, you know, the type of person I I wanted to date and, you know, I decided I wanted to, um, put my faith first and, you know, have no compromises and, and also find a, a man of God who I could um, grow with and not just be constantly dragging, you know, from the wayside. So I, I think what you do is you learn to find the positive in it. Um, and so you recognize that this was a mistake that you made, or this was a bad I've learned something from, and it's helped me to, you know, guide my future decisions because of it. Mm-hmm. And do you ever find yourself just keeping busy and doing a lot of things like working, uh, hanging out with people and stuff to avoid that time alone to think about those past mistakes? Haha. <laughs> yes, totally. I mean, I'm an extrovert, so I love being around people all the time. And I think the hardest thing for me to do is just sit and be quiet. <laughs> um, God let me allowed me to marry a a wonderful introvert who loves sitting in silence and thinking and contemplating about these things. So, um, you know, it's 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 funny because I think the two of us go at things different. I like to talk things out and to constantly be trying to figure it out and work it out. Um, but I've learned from Peter that sometimes you do just need to sit in silence. You do just need to sit in prayer and, um, and think things through because mm-hmm. it is a lot. It's very overwhelming to just constantly be um, trying to avoid, avoid it. But, you know, you have to do, you can't be sitting in silence forever and trying to reflect on your past. I mean, you really have to fill yourself with the people who are going to fill your cup up now, you know, and, and find those good positive um, 
friendships and relationships that you can be in so that when you're thinking, you're not just stuck um, Mm -hmm. in your ways. Yeah, I think it's important to realize, like, um, yesterday's solutions are not always the right answers for today. So people need to realize, like, you can't always dwell on your past accomplishments because that doesn't really allow you to move on and really fully appreciate every moment of today and being in the present. Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good. I like it. What would you recommend to someone who has a hard time being alone at peace, thinking these things out, rather than telling multiple people or getting advice from multiple people about the things that you're struggling from? So what would you recommend to someone who kind of more extroverts who like to talk everything out? rather than just being at peace with themselves. I've got something. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead, introvert husband of mine. (laughs) (laughs) So this is one thing that everybody hates to do. Turn the radio off in your car when you're driving Hmm. is a great first step. (gasps) That's hard. I like that. In silence. That's Mm -hmm. the one time, for most people, that's the one time where you don't have someone else with you a lot of times we're driving by ourselves um, and there's not other than, you know, the other cars, there's not a lot of distractions. Like you're thinking of, when the radio is off, you're driving and the rest is just you. And it's really easy to turn, turn the music on and let, let Katy Perry or whatever. <laughs> make, well, it's the only thing I, I listen to now, <laughs> whatever, whatever noise is pumping out the radio let, let the, letting that fuel your emotions is a very passive way to go about your drive. And if you can turn the radio off, turn whatever noise is off, don't answer your phone, but start with your car uh, that drives in your car or it commutes wherever you're going, put headphones in and don't play the music. Um, that is, I would recommend as a starting point where you have nothing else going on but your thoughts and it just simply involves taking responsibility for the things that are going on in your head because mm-hmm. no one else is putting those thoughts there but you. So you have to address them. If you hide them, they come back at some point mm-hmm. or they hang out until it's too late, until, you've, mm-hmm. until you haven't conquered that, that demon in your head. You have, mm-hmm. to, you have to address it now. So I would say as a first step, no noise during your commute or – uh, during any sort of traveling. Yeah. How, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, how do you like avoid then like overthinking or just falling into like spiraling about like about your past mistakes in silence for that long? Sorry. Um, question. Do you have any, do you have any? Um, so I, <laughs> I like to journal. Well, at least when I didn't have two small children hanging on to my knees, (laughs) I I would journal. And I found that that was really peaceful. I'm looking at my journals right now in my bookshelf um, because it was kind of like a start and an end point, right? So you just start in this kind of stream of consciousness where you're writing your thoughts are. But then at the end, you have this really beautiful, like, you know, document, you know, one or two pages 
um, of words that you've, you've written and, and even just like reflecting on it, it feels really good to have it come out of me, but not be directed at a person. So, um, Mm -hmm. similar, you know, I love to talk things out with my friends too, Juliana. And I think like what the journal does is it lets me talk out things, but to God, you know, by writing, I'm not going to share this journal with anyone. So it's, it's, it's my own personal journal, but I'm, I'm writing it like, who is my audience? And it's usually, it's either to myself or it's to God. Um, and I think that was a really good way to, to help. And because there was, you know, I'm not just writing for hours and hours. It would be just like a few minutes here and there each day, there's an end point. Um, so you're not dwelling on it. And for me, at least I, I also like to write lists. And the, you know, cross things off my list when, what list when I'm done. And I feel so much better when it's out of my system. And so same thing, when I write something down, it's out of my system and I don't have to dwell on it anymore because it, you know, it, there's a container for it. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Sometimes I would make lists like at school and stuff mm-hmm. after I did it, just so it looked like I was really productive. Mm-hmm. So I had things <laughs> crossed off. <laughs> oh, we're in good company because I didn't think. <laughs> I also think that journaling is so important because you know, like we don't learn from experience, but we learn from reflecting on our experiences. And so I think that's so important to keep in mind that, like, once you reflect on something, it kind of helps you like develop your skills and like review how they were effective in your life and like mm-hmm. how you're going to um, learn from those experiences. Yeah. Like yeah. almost like a lens to think about your, your experience. Like yeah. what did this experience teach me or what, how did I grow or where did I struggle? Yeah. yeah. I really like that. I feel like I've been through some experiences where I didn't reflect like the way I should have. So mm-hmm. it was like something that I like and so much good could have come out of that but then I was kind of just like oh man like this stinks and then Mm. I didn't really like go through that reflection part so that's something like I it's like hard for me because I just I mean I talk to Anna about this all the time I'm like I can't just like be alone and just like Mm. sit there in silence like it's something so hard for me so it's something I've been like working on this summer of just like like what PJ was saying, put earbuds in, but like don't listen to music. So like at my house, sometimes like I'll have earbuds in, but I'm just like sitting there like mm-hmm. thinking or something. Um, Cause it's like hard in my house to like get that peace and quiet, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. I, I never, I never used to be able to be alone, but then I started commuting uh, two hours a day. And mm-hmm. so I did, I, I kind of started doing that where I would turn, off the radio and then I would just start like talking but like talking to God as if he was like sitting right next to me yeah and so it that almost really helped me like rationalize my thoughts like if I started overthinking something saying it out loud would kind of be like okay that's not it's not as bad as you think it is or and I just really made it like made it into a prayer but also like a conversation too yeah That's beautiful. I love that. The first time I went on a silent retreat, I did that, you know, and um, I thought I was going to die on a silent retreat. (laughs) Oh my God, everything that I'm feeling 
And it was it was so cool. It was actually so beautiful. And I've gone on many, many silent retreats since then. Um, but it was really like any time I wanted to talk to someone, I just pictured Jesus being right next to me. And I was never alone the entire retreat. He was there the whole time with me. And, you know, I was able to journal and write my thoughts down um, and just finding, you know, finding, finding God and in, in everything that I was doing um, and having the silence to be able to do so, not having your, your thoughts be um, taken over by somebody else was really, really powerful. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I think the um, driving in silence mm. is one of the biggest things that has helped me because like driving to work, just starting off my day, like talking to God and being like, today's going to be a great day rather than just like, like what PJ was saying, blasting <laughs> Katy Perry. Um, but it definitely like, I feel <laughs> it has made like a difference in the way I'm just talking to people at work and like the way I'm because um, I work at like an elderly home and like it just changes my whole day. I'm not like counting down time or anything like that. And I'm actually like getting more out of my day and enjoying it a lot more and able to like put that smile on my face, face, which I've noticed was because I started to stop listening to music like in the car. That was like one of the things. It helped like a lot. Yeah. PJ and Ivy, how do you set aside that time because you both have jobs and kids? <laughs> so how do you set aside that time for peace and quiet? Oh, good question. We we always struggle with it. Mm. Um there's, there's a, I don't know if it's super relevant, but there's, there's a, uh, at work, I use this term and I always tell them about, uh, it's called Parkinson's law and it is a, it's derived from a gas law, which just simply states that gas fills up the space you give it. Mm. And uh, in reference to work, if I tell people, if I tell someone you have two hours to do this job, they take two hours. If I tell them you have half an hour to do this job, they take half an hour. They, they, they fill the time they've been given to do the work. And so when someone says, I don't have time, then you have to change that volume that you've given yourself to do a job and you change the structure for which you approach it. And the same thing applies to family, personal life, uh, your faith life is if you don't give yourself the, the time or put the control in your life, then you will not, you will, you'll never have time to do it. So it's, it's simply a matter of prioritizing and, you, and changing the structure for which your day operates. Mm. We thought that once we had one child, we would lose our life. It would just be the end <laughs> and there'd be no time. We had a child, we changed the way we structured our life. And then we were pregnant with the second baby. And we thought, well, this is it. like, we're never going to have time to do anything ever again. And we changed the structure and it's, we're making it work. And then now it's the third child. And we're thinking like, oh, this might actually be the time where we don't have, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. This might be it. No time. <laughs> so uh, to, to answer your question, it's, 
it's a matter of prioritizing what am I going to stop doing or what do I need to restructure to give myself time, silence um, for, for mm-hmm. God or for myself or for what, whatever part of my life it may be. So for me personally, quiet time is my commute to work. I, I'm not listening. I, I bike to work. Um, so I'm not listening to music on my way to work. It's just me and, and my thoughts. And because I'm physically moving, I'm able to think quite a bit more clearly. Um, and I use that commute it ends up being 45 to 45 minutes to an hour each day where I have some time to myself. I'm not using that to do anything else other than ride my bike and think my thoughts. Um, and, you know, that's, that's one time. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was for a while waking up earlier than I'm used to on Fridays to do adoration before work. Um, so that was a restructure of my sleeping schedule and my Friday morning schedule, which in the past I thought was impossible, but you, you adjust and you restructure so that you can make time for the things mm-hmm. that are important. So that's, mm. that's my answer. That oh. reminds me of this book that I'm reading by Mother Teresa. She was talking to, I think she was talking to a priest who was starting an order. And she was like, do you have a holy hour with all of your brothers every day? And he was like, oh, no, we don't have time for that. We have so much to do. And she was like, all right, well, then you should have two holy hours if you're that busy. Because she said that like the more that you do the more time you need to spend with god so that he can give you the graces to do all of those things that you need to do i just thought that was a really cool yeah I like perspective yeah. and i think it's so important to incorporate silence and solitude in your daily life and not kind of like or overcome that resistance and not let those distractions cause you to um like not spend that time with God in prayer because I feel like I find myself in college sometimes like having a whole list of things to do and being like, Oh yeah, I I don't think I have time today. Whereas like you're always going to have time no matter what you just have to devote that time, you know, and like fit it in or you can like offer up, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. your day as a form of prayer too, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that, you know, you have to, things have to ebb and flow. Like you have 24 hours in a day, so you can't, you can't always give up sleep. You know, you need to be able to drive or commute to however you get to work in the morning. I mean, there are certain things that you need time for. So Mm -hmm. you have to find other ways. And for me, that was actually giving up Facebook, giving up social media. I was finding myself just endlessly, mindlessly scrolling um, and it was a big waste of time for me. And so what I yeah. do now is I use it. I don't go on social media. I don't scroll. Um, and I think what it's done is it's given me some time to be able to think and to contemplate. And maybe, you know, I also like to go on a walk when I drop the boys off for daycare in the morning. I, I come back and I most times I'm walking by myself 15 minutes outside um, just in the fresh air, you know, just really with my own thoughts. And I think that's, that's important. Um, and when I get back, you know, I'm, I'm able to start my work day and feel refreshed um, and not feeling like I'm constantly scrolling um, and trying to, you know, catch up to what other people are saying and doing. Yeah. Cause that's a huge waste of time. Like 
I know I could be on like I used to have TikTok and that's something that's like super super addictive and you could be scrolling on that for like 30 minutes to an hour and not even pause it when you could have done so much with your time in that one hour and Mm -hmm. you don't gain anything from it like you'll be on Instagram Snapchat like Twitter all those things I feel like super anxious after I do that so Mm -hmm. I also like I deleted the apps for a little I do that a lot like like a couple weeks and then like I'll feel so much better those couple weeks without mm-hmm. using that as like my downtime of just scrolling because I feel like a lot of times like I don't know after a long day of work or school or something like all you want to do is uh, lay down in your bed go on right. your phone and do like useless things but mm-hmm. instead you can use that as that hour of just like peace and quiet Yep. or spiritual reading or yeah. reflection. I mean, for Lent, I actually gave up Netflix, which was my, right. So I gave up, I gave up social media. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, I want to relax. So I'll watch Netflix, but same thing, you know, you get yourself sucked into these television shows and next thing you know, you're watching three, four episodes and yeah. going to sleep at midnight and then you're exhausted the next day. And it, it just, it was sucking your life out of you. And so I did, I gave it up for Lent this year but I replaced it with something because, you know, Peter's always like, don't just give something up. You have to replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I replaced it with spiritual reading. Um, and you know, and that was really helpful because I found that anytime I wanted to go to Netflix, I was just reading something spiritual. Um, we did the consecration to St. Joseph this year, you know, and that was a daily thing for 30 days. Um, and just trying to learn more about my faith and, um, we watched The Chosen, so I, that was not Netflix for us. <laughs> but being able to grow in our faith and, and being intentional about it, not just like, oh, when I have time, I'm going to learn this, but really trying to mm-hmm. um, incorporate it into our life. And, you know, let it over. And I, I watch Netflix every once in a while, but, um, you know, it's different because I've, I've seen that it can be, um, it can be addicting and it can be something that's just mindless. Um, and you really have to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's also important to like, as you were saying, to recognize when you are, when your body and your mind, soul are tired, because, mm-hmm. you, you know, you want to be fully present when you are um, dedicating or devoting that time and prayer to God, you don't want to be like, there's been times where I go to mass, and then I literally wake up at the end of mass, and I'm like, what, what just happened? You know, mm-hmm. like, you, you want to be fully present with him when you do have that time. You know, yeah, yeah, right. Because I know, like, if I only got like a couple hours of sleep the night before, because I was just and like for no good reason, like I was just mm-hmm. watching TV or on my phone or like something like wasteful like that, then it's like affects me the next day, and then I'm like not in a good mood the next day. I get irritated super easily or something like that and so I feel like so many people are like it's like constantly distracted by something and like they'll be busy like all the time busy at work with school just mindlessly hanging out with people or something and then you come home and then that's when you're just you're on your phone until you fall asleep and then you do the same thing the next day mm-hmm. so I feel like people just forget to have I mean me too like you, f- you forget mm-hmm. to have that time of just 
you and God and you're just figuring out like, okay, what I do today? What can I do better tomorrow? And it could be just a couple minutes, like five minutes to like 30 minutes or something. But even those five minutes can make a huge difference in like the way you treat people the next day. Yeah. And I like what you said about replacing what, whatever, something you give up with something else, because like anytime for like Lent or anything like that, when I would give up social media, I, it would always just kind of be like, okay, what now? Like the time that I would be scrolling, like now what? Like I would just kind of sit around and like do nothing. Whereas if you're replacing it with like spiritual reading or like 30 minutes of silent prayer, then that's actually something beneficial and something good can come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we have our last question. And yeah. So, uh, PJ, we have probably repeated your piece of advice from the family reunion like a hundred times at least. (laughs) It was so good. Like, I can't tell you how many random people I've told that to. So, could you tell our listeners, (laughs) repeat it for everybody? Yes, I remember. I remember what it was because I was so proud of myself. (laughs) I just looked at them like, "What did you tell them? What did you tell them?" To start off, what was the, was the question you asked? What's that, the greatest piece of advice you've ever been given? Okay, okay. So, and <laughs> in, in this isn't my own advice. I have to credit Jordan Peterson, who, who uh, I watched a lecture that he gave, and he talks about this. Um, the greatest piece of advice that I have received and used is in regards to improving your specific life and to do that, um, what he says is think about all the things you do during the day. Um, and I want you to think about the, the one thing you do that you know is bad. The one thing that you know you're not supposed to do. You know it's not helpful. You know it's not loving. But you're doing it anyway. It's different for every person. It's unique to every person. But there's that one thing that when I said this, It's the first thing that came to your mind. That one thing, start by stopping that one thing. If you want your life to get better, start with the the worst thing that you do willingly right now and stop doing it. And that's your starting point. And that for everybody, there's something that came in your head. There's something that popped up in your head. You know, it was, you know, it's bad. And most people might not even know that you do it. Only you are aware that you do it. But whatever that is, you start by stopping that one thing. So good. I love that so much. (laughs) I think I have that memorized. (laughs) (laughs) I I told it to a coworker uh, a couple weeks ago because he was at the climbing gym. He's like, I want to get better at climbing. I want to, I need a really good training plan. I've been training so hard for so long and I want to break a plateau it's like what advice would you give to me and I I told him that I was like well take the one thing that you do that you're not supposed to do and stop doing that and he did not like that answer <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, I'm, I know I, I my sleep patterns all whack and my diet's bad so I guess I could try that but I'm really looking for like a workout I'm looking for a routine <laughs> Like, no, if your sleep is trash and your diet is trash, nothing is going to get better. So it, all that being said is uh, it, it's, it stood out to me because it, it's very unique. It applies to everybody. And um, 
it's it, it it can be a big shift because it's so unique it's because everyone makes their own personal decisions throughout the day but we all make mistakes and if there's one mistake you keep making put all your effort into stopping that first mm-hmm. and then go from there and then you know apply it again to the next worst worst thing that mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> That's my husband right there. I married him. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast that was with PJ and Ivy Smallshreed on finding peace in a busy world. Join us next week for our third episode.